If you're an ambitious business owner ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. I actually recorded this podcast about six or seven weeks ago and I'd been a bit slack. I hadn't actually put together the introduction for the podcast and I really wanted to get this one live. So I've just sat down now and listened to the podcast from start to finish in order to put together the intro. Wow, I loved it. Like, I know it's my podcast, I'm the one interviewing, but seriously, for any of you out there that are aspiring to big things in your business, then this is really going to be a podcast for you to sit down and listen into. You're going to love it. I'm talking to one half of the Studser Sister Act. If you've never heard of Tegan and Erin Studser, chances are it's because they operate in a rather unsexy industry a heavily male-dominated industry. But these sisters clearly have what it takes to match it as they've grown their startup into a $10 million business with a workforce of over 160 in the past 10 years. Today, I'm talking to Tegan Studzer, a businesswoman and entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience across construction, education, hospitality and agricultural industries. She started her first business at the tender age of 22 with her older sister, Erin. Fast forward a decade on, and both sisters now own and run multiple businesses together, all while living in regional Western Australia and working remotely in a heavily dominated male industry. We talk about the numbers they critique, what they look like and when, the power of a finance team and what theirs looks like managing the family relationship while managing the businesses, managing meetings, communications, and uncomfortable conversations, and planning for tomorrow, even when you don't know what tomorrow might bring. If you aspire to big things in your business, then this is definitely one for you to listen in to. Enjoy. Hi, Tegan. Welcome to the podcast. How about you? Can can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about you and your business? Actually, I should say businesses because you have a couple, I believe. Yep, that's spot on, Jen. Um, Thanks for having me on. Uh, A little bit about myself. So I'm uh, lucky enough to be based in WA. I'm based in the southwest. So I'm about three or four hours south of Perth. And um, I am a business owner of a couple of different businesses, of which two I am in business with my uh, sister. So I actually had to um, work out when it was that we actually started in business. And I was about 22 when we first started our first business. You were a baby. uh, Yeah, a baby. It's hard to believe. I'm now 35. um, So I feel a bit old. And um, since then, we've actually, we've started and and grown other businesses. So the area that we work in, so our main business, which is called Traffic Force, we help uh, contractors to safely build and maintain roads. So we provide traffic management services. Um, Just think along the lines of 
um, qualified traffic controllers or as many call them lollipop people. Um, I don't like that phrase, but many people (laughs) relate to that. So um, equipment, planning, auditing, um, we service WA. We've got a a large team of 160 plus, we're um, 10 million turnover. Uh, So we're quite a large business now. Um, And all that started from the back of our garage, believe it or not. So um, and then from there, a couple of years on, we then started another business, which was called um, it was OzQ Training, which is an RTO and we specialise in traffic management training. Uh, also, uh, we, we service WA. We, we are not a national business. We, we stay to um, our, our side of the fence. And um, what we do is we help people get qualified to then work as a traffic controller in the civil construction industry. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about um, myself. Yeah, that's great. So you're working with your sister. Yeah. How is that going? How do you do that? Like I'm really keen to chat with you about this today, Tegan, because I've actually spent lots and lots of years working with family businesses and like of all different shapes and sizes. However, I was racking my brain before we jumped on this onto this call and I'm trying to think, have I ever worked in with a business that had two sisters involved. And I actually don't think I have. I've worked with brothers and sisters, with husbands and wives, with parents and children, um, and even like uh, multi-generational businesses. But I cannot think of anyone that I've ever worked with in my 20 years who's been two sisters operating a business, let alone such huge businesses as well. So how, how do you go? Uh, it's a good question. And it actually is a common question we ask, like as in how do we go? How do we get along in business? Are you still uh, friends? Yeah, are we still friends? Are you close? Yeah, and, and do we fight and do we have arguments? We get yeah. asked those questions um, all the time. And the short answer is we get along very well. We have a very good relationship um, both as business partners and sisters. Um, I think why we work so well together is because we have such – shared or similar I should say similar values so how we work is very similar but I think what the secret is is we are very different in our skill sets so for example Erin who is my business partner and sister is her strong point is she loves numbers loves all things finance whereas I hate it I hate numbers I know I I, I do it and I, I know I have to do it it's a key part of running any business but it's just not my forte I love other things like um, whether it be dealing with people, building systems, technology, efficiencies and all those other aspects of more of an operational side of things. So we we are good at um, what we're good at and what we enjoy is completely opposites and we tend to stay in those areas. Yeah, it's amazing even in non-family businesses. Like if you can get a business partner, so there's a lot of business partnerships out there in the world, of course, if you can find somebody that picks up on your weaknesses or and vice versa and strike up a relationship and have the same values, then that is such an important step towards a successful financial arrangement. Yep, absolutely agree. And many people when they're either starting business or looking for a business partner, often people will try and find someone who's similar to them. And I think that's where they can go wrong. So I think it's actually find someone who complements what you need for that business. Um, And I think that's what Erin and I do well um, ourselves. So yeah, yeah, that's great. What about, so here's another question for you. Who's the leader, Tegan? Is it you or is it Erin? Like I find there's always one person in a partnership or a relationship, uh, a family relationship who is always the leader. Now this is where, you know, you've got the stage here, so you can call it, but 
Do you have, like, is there one of you that is more of a leader than the other that kind of guides the way or do you kind of really work quite closely together and and do it together? Oh, you brought out the tough questions today. Yeah. Um, I think I am going to call it. I, um, I think at certain times we are both the leader when we need to be the leader. So Erin um, is a extrovert and is very confident um, in handling herself, whereas I would describe myself more as a introvert, but I can be an extrovert when I need to be. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, to answer your question, I think we both are. And we know when we need to, I know when I need to take a maybe a back seat when um, it is yeah. more suited to Erin being the leader in that circumstance or scenario that we may find ourselves in as a business um, partners. So I think it's just, it's trust, it comes down to trust. Yeah, yeah. And having, being mature enough to understand that, okay, this is not the place for me to, uh, yeah, to put, I was about to say to bully my way to get the thing to happen that I want to get happen. You know, it's not about that necessarily. So you do have the ability to be able to say, well, this is the best thing that's, um, this is the best for the business and we can have a conversation and one will step forward and take the lead on it or the other will step forward and take the lead on it and you're both sort of mutually okay with that. Exactly, exactly. And it just depends on the circumstance. Like if it's something that um, I have maybe had more experience in or I um, I can bring more to the table and that's my opinion based on my experience. We have an understanding and respect that is there, that that will be accepted and we move on. And we're, we are both very, um, we ne- you know, in, in business you need to make decisions quick and, and that's something that I do see in other businesses and other business partnerships where they take too long Uh, trying to decide or not necessarily argue but talk about things when decisions need to be made so just don't don't get in the other person's way Um, look at the situation make a decision move forward yeah great great so let's talk about the day-to-day running of your businesses I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper here on how it is he organized the financial aspects and responsibilities of running your business so you you mentioned that Erin is the the financial girl that that's kind of her jam how is it that you organize that sort of stuff? Is it really just that she's the one who's good at that, so she takes that over? Um, what We're lucky in the sense that because our businesses are established, we've got a large team, we're lucky to have a finance team behind us. So all, yeah. all the day-to-day uh, work that needs to be done, we've got a team who now do that for us. Whereas obviously when we first started in business, like many business owners, we did all the hard yards ourselves. So We've, we've done the work. We know how to do the work. It's now that we're lucky we've got a team who do it for us. So, for example, um, our cash flow management, which we actually handle at a daily level, it's updated by our, our finance team um, each day. Um, whereas what Erin and I do is we are, our roles are there to, I guess, oversee and monitor um, all that management of what's going on to make sure we've got the finger on the pulse as a business owner should um, whereas we like I said, our team will then look at the actual operational things, whether it be, um, you know, managing our debtors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Mm. So when you say you've got the finger on the pulse, what does that mean practically from, uh, 
the financial information that you're being fed on a regular basis, you know, what does that look like for you? Because there is a lot of financial information out there in a business that, that, that is that big. Do you have very short, sharp, specific things that, it, that you're looking for from your financial team on a regular basis? Yeah, um, I'm glad you actually asked this question because years ago in our business, again, because I wasn't the numbers person. So if you present, Erin would often go off and, and do all these detailed um, Excel spreadsheets and, and she would just be in heaven and uh, she would present mm. it to me and I'd be just staring at the computer going, uh, it just, it's just overwhelmed because it was so detailed and it, it may not be a numbers person. So basically we then, I'm a visual person, give me a graph any day um, and I can mm. relate to it. So a lot of our um, data from my request give me some pictures pictures tell a story so we actually use our accounting system um, we use myob and we actually use a um, add-on product which is called kelksa and kelksa is actually a reporting software and it all syncs back to myob but from that you can drive all that data that you want to see and then obviously formulate that into any um, graphs and, and pictures that you want that can represent that same data as opposed to getting an Excel spreadsheet that's just full yeah. of numbers that doesn't mean much to many people. Um, and it also helps our team so we can actually run a report of um, what we may need and then give it to a team member who who may not have that higher level of financial, um, being able to read a financial report. They may not have that experience but it's much easier for them to interpret a, a graph or, or something that's colour-coded much quicker mm. and easier. So yeah, and are you looking at are you looking at uh, your profit and loss regularly? What what um, specifics are you looking at regularly? Yeah, so what we do, we are again we probably operate a little bit different to your normal business because on a day to day we do a lot of things on a day to day basis to ensure they are managed um, well because of the size of the business we are. So for example, cash flow, we look at that at a daily level um, to make sure uh, things are handled as they need to be. Whereas other aspects, um, so for example, say debt management, um, I will get a weekly report sent to me with my debtors and that will tell me a, a, you know, a status, I guess, of where our debtors are at. Um, and then on a monthly level is where we will be reviewing end of month and that's with Erin and myself to review, the, I guess, the higher numbers, you know, our, our sales, our, our profit, um, expenses, all those, I guess, bigger numbers of where we will do the analysis of how did we perform, you know, the month prior, how are we performing in our current month that we're in, what's ahead, what's the forecast, three months, six months, 12 months. Um, back to cash flow, we do everything on a, um, a minimum 12-month cash flow forecast mm. um, and same with budgeting, um, which is obviously much further as well. So, um, So we sort of have, over time, we've sort of tried to critique things that, the essentials and the operational stuff is what our finance team will do for us, but it's then we have then put that into a system where we're getting those reports sent mm. to us to make sure that that is occurring, whether that be a weekly report and then a fortnightly report or a monthly report. I still have access to what has been done to make sure it has been done or there isn't any issues with um, whether it be a cash flow issue I can see ahead or whether there's a, a debtor who's behind in their payment that they should have made and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think one of the key things that you just mentioned then was that 
over time. You've developed this over time. You've been in business for 14 years and over time, you will start to build on each one of the things that you're talking about. So you'll start to become more aware of what it is you need to be looking at in your in your profit and loss. Over time, you'll become more aware of what it is you need to be looking for in your cash flow and how to prepare those things and and how to interpret the information that you've been given. It's not something that happens overnight. And I think that's where sometimes perhaps for anyone out there that's listening, that sort of, you know, can hear you speak and go, oh, wow, that I wish I was that organized or I wish I had somebody that could do that for me or I wish my business was able to just give me that information really quickly and easily. It doesn't happen overnight and it is a case of, using your using the people around you over a period of time and just slowly building on each piece of financial information until you do at some point end up with what it is you've got which is a solid financial reporting system yeah absolutely and things exactly right like I look at the way we manage our debtors now versus to what we did when we first started a business they are two completely different things like I look at the level of uh, our system. So with debtors, for example, we will ring the last week of every month, we will actually ring every single debtor who owes us more than $10,000. And we will make that phone call to confirm the payment amount is, you know, there's no problems, it's all been approved at their end, and the payment date of when we're expecting that payment in. So we will generally know sort of a week out of when that payment is expected, if there is actually any issues. So it's yeah. a, it's a, and so you build the team yeah. to take care of that for you yep. and you also need to build the systems in place so that the team know what's expected and eventually it just happens like clockwork doesn't it exactly but it it does take time and I think this is where others need to be aware that you don't need to be an expert in everything um, when you need help in an area go and find that expert so for example our accountant we pay and engage them to be our accountant, our trusted advisor. So we bring them into our business. And that's also something that Erin and I work with our accountant on a monthly basis to mm. discuss our, um, our financial situation in a much more detailed um, situation of where we're at, where we're next. Um, and we rely on their advice and their knowledge because that's what they do. That's what we're bringing them into our business to give us that next level of help and support. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a lot of business owners out there that don't necessarily have good relationships with their accountants. We, um, my husband and I actually own an accounting firm as well. That's as an aside to this business. And there are a lot of people out there in the world that don't have a good relationship with their accountant or who go to a big fancy accounting firm expecting and being told that that's what they're going to get, those monthly meetings. We're going to give you more than the tax, you know, more than what it is that you were getting previously. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. And which is really disappointing um, from the accounting industry as a whole. It can be quite disappointing, I think, for some business owners. But when you do find somebody that you have got a good relationship, it's really important, I think, for not only um, for them, for them as the accountant to make sure that that relationship is nurtured and continues long-term, but also from your, your perspective as a business owner, you also need to take care of that relationship as well what's your opinion around that uh, relationships is so vital so the way we now look at our accountant and I'll give you a bit more context is we actually changed accountants the end of last year 
And we actually moved to, um, through the business program that we're actually involved in, which is Business Blueprint um, Mm -hmm. by Dale Beaumont. And um, through that uh, business program, we got onto a new uh, accountant. And I'm going to give them a plug because they are fantastic. It's Kelly Partners, which are based on the East Coast. Uh, They service all different clients across Australia, but we've since been uh, working with them at the very end of last year, 2019. And we have now shifted to the way I'd describe the relationship is they're now a part of our business as in they're on the same journey with us. Whereas I found with um, our past accountant is you would talk to them at, you know, certain intervals of the year and that was it. Whereas our accountant that we have now, I can ring him, I can SMS him, I can email him, yeah. whatever I need. And it could be a silly question or it could be a very detailed question and he is going to be there to respond, guide and to help us make, um, you know, whatever decisions we need to make for the business. Yeah, and it's also important to find an account that is go- an accountant that's going to, one, not make you feel silly for asking the silly questions, but two, not leave it up to you to ask all the questions. So they're the accountants, they're the experts, they're the ones who need to be guiding you because you as a business owner, you don't always know what to ask. Yeah, do no, you? Exactly. And we, one of the, another reasons of why we actually switched accountants, and so this is probably something for others to, to think about, is we wanted to work with an accountant that actually held us accountable and even challenged us. So we wanted mm. that regular communication. We wanted to be say, hey, these reports haven't been done. Where are they at? We need to look Absolutely. at X, Y, Z. You know, we wanted someone there to to push us. And no one that not somebody that's going to just send out an email every so often and say, "Oh, well, you never responded to that." So you know, yeah. I just kind of let it go. And that does happen a lot. So when you're talking about having um, regular monthly meetings, I guess that can sort of segues nicely into my next question, which is all around these regular meetings. You know, what regular meetings do you hold? How uh, formal are they? Do you hold board meetings as such? Um, and, and do you have like a strict agenda around how it is that they might look? Um, the short answer to question is um, at the moment we don't have a very formal agenda around it. We've got it, what I would call a loose agenda around it because since switching uh, accountants, we've actually had to go through that transition period of tidying some things up, putting some new things in place. And it's been several months of achieving all that work. So it's only been the last couple of months of settling into our rhythm. Um, so our moving forward, we will go to a more formalised um, meeting arrangements of, you know, everything from the meeting agenda, uh, meeting agendas, meeting minutes and all that sort of stuff. So that if I'm ever unable to be at a meeting, I can just rely on those um, those notes from what did occur between the accountant and Erin if I wasn't able to be at a meeting. So, um, but I do think the having an agenda which we actually have, we're working with our accountant now to actually formalise um, what we believe we need to be discussing is we're working with him to formalise that. We want his knowledge to come to the table. Of, I mean, he works with however many other clients from different industries. He's yeah. going to be able to tell us, look, guys, you, you, we aren't talking about this number or this financial aspect of your business. I think we need to be talking about it a bit more. Um, let's mm. put it on the table. So... Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I've also got a note here. I I was wondering, you know, something else that came to my mind around that topic is whether or not you would have ever considered bringing in an external board member. So somebody who isn't 
directly financially um, involved in the business. And sometimes that is your account. I know my husband's done that before. I know I've sort of done that before. And that's a really, I've found that they work really well for, for some businesses when you've got that external opinion that comes in, whether it's paid or sometimes even unpaid. But I guess that's what you're kind of getting happening now with your accountant is bringing them in as an external board member, essentially. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly right. So we are effectively using that, using them in that capacity. We have actually explored um, the board option and we didn't opt for that at the moment, but that's not saying that that's something we may look to in the future because we do see the value in that. And we've, we've seen the value of having other eyes on our business other than ourselves of them identifying things that we just didn't see because we're so close to, you know, we see these things yeah. day in, day out, whereas they don't. So they're fresh eyes with anything. Yeah, and it's about looking for that person that has a set of skills or a, or a, some experience that you just don't have Correct. in the business. You know, and somebody who's coming in regularly when you're having these, I say board meetings, that's sort of like a bit of an old-fashioned kind of word, but you know what I mean, these yeah. kind of regular meetings where you can get together, there is some level of agenda and you've got some someone else there that hasn't been stuck in the day-to-day every day for the last month since you met last who can just say, well, hang on a minute, how about this? Or or is there a better way, you know? So just to challenge your, your thinking a little bit, it really works quite well in that regard too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And also just um, what we've found um, in the last couple of months is we aren't thinking far ahead enough. So we are, you know, plant business planning and stuff, but we, I mean, like I said before, I'm 35 now and um, we should be thinking and talking about retirement. And that sounds a bit funny to, you know, I'm 35 and I'm talking about retirement, but we need to actually have those conversations so that we, we have a plan in place of I'm working hard now and earning X amount of dollars is what what money do I actually need to retire? When do I want to retire? And yeah. and having a plan in place to achieve it. Yeah, yeah. I have I was that all that moves really neatly into my next conversation I wanted to have with you, which is around succession planning. So for the sake of any listeners out there that haven't sort of spent any time in this area, succession planning is um, it's about the plans that we might make to have in place when we want to hand the reins of the business over to somebody else or it could be that you want to you're looking at selling the business in x amount of years that type of thing do you and Erin have common goals there so working together as a family business is there is her family or your family more involved in the business and, and have a stronger presence in the business and does that become an issue or do you really have quite common goals and expectations for your business um, well, what we years ago we used to um, the way we worked in the business we would cross over because we've got multiple businesses. So I might be doing say the marketing for you know different businesses, um, whereas now we actually have a, a line in the sand of I will manage uh, the training business and Erin will manage the um, the traffic management business. So we try and stay on that side of the fence, uh, yeah. which is just easy. So if, if it if someone's whether it's a, a issue or whether it's a phone call or something's occurring it's very straightforward it relates to that business talk to that person but in regards to I guess the long-term view because we we actually have a lot of people say this to oh you'll never sell you know because you you've been we've been in business for a while now Um, whereas our philosophy is we 
if, if someone knocked on my door um, today and said, hey, I'm going to give you lots of dollars for your business. Everything's for sale for the right price, Tegan. Exactly. That's our motto. So it's not, our plans are not to sell in the immediate future. We have a plan in place, um, but I'm, that may change. Like I said, if I had someone knock on my door, I'm not going to say no to that. So um, everything is for sale at the right price. Yeah. But our plans are we, we have a, um, a plan in place for a period of time to remain in the businesses that we have and who knows what will happen. I mean, we've all seen what has happened at the start of 2020. Who would have thought we would be in the position we are with a, a global pandemic? So yeah. we've, I think the key of any business owner is to remain adaptable. So all good and well, we've got a plan for, say, 10 years ahead and we know the direction we're heading in. But if we hit a little hurdle or we have to make a decision to pivot, be okay with that. Like be okay to change things, be fluid um, and adaptable. So, you know, um, if, if in maybe three or five years time we decide to, maybe we have had enough, maybe we do want to look at selling, we'll reassess then. But we are, we've made a decision and we, we've spoke about um, us as business owners, we've spoke about, you know, each other's desire of do we want to stay, um, how, how long do we want to work in this particular business for, etc. And I don't know, it's probably, we're probably lucky in the sense of by default we are very similar and probably because we are sisters. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and we do respect that like I've got a young child, my sister's got two kids as well. So over the last couple of years we've also had to juggle that amongst business ownership of, you know, one stepping out while they've had uh, a child and raising a family and, and um, I work remote, so I actually don't, I'm not near any of our offices. I've always worked remote for the last six years. So um, it's just little things like that. But, um, yeah. Mm. Well, how, how Tegan, do you manage, or maybe it isn't an issue for you guys, you sound like you really are quite well aligned, but how would you manage different appetites for, say, debt or growth, you know, Oftentimes we see one person that's more naturally conservative than the other in business partnerships, whether they're family or not. When you've got a naturally conservative person and then somebody else might be more naturally aggressive, you know, wanting to grow and okay with debt and all that sort of stuff. Has that ever sort of come up with you guys as being a bit of a sticking point? It has come up and you probably have just described what Erin and I like as business partners. Okay. Erin's the So go- who's who? <laughs> She's the go-getter. She would take on the world tomorrow if you let her. She would right. um, She would double the business, triple the business and take on, like I said, go national if I let her. Um, whereas I'm the I'm more reserved and in, I tend to look at things uh, a little bit longer. Um, I, I do take risks, but I'm a bit more conservative. So I so think she's the she's the um, the more out there one, and you're the how person. She's yeah. the the let's go and do this. The ideas girl. That's what I'm looking for. She's the ideas girl. You're the how girl. Yeah. Or as I say, she's the party girl, and I'm the responsible one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it works. So the reason it works is you know Erin um, might come up with a crazy idea of you know taking on the world. Whereas I'll balance that out and say, yep, I like that idea, but just let's not take on the full world. We'll take on half the world and we'll do this, this, this. Yep, great. Let's go with it. So, um, yeah, but in saying that, we both do switch at times. So this is what I'm saying in my personality type and my what I contribute to the business as a business partner, if I have to and I need to, you know, take some risks or, or come up with some crazy ideas, I can and I will. Um, it's just by natural tendencies, she's the 
she's the one that comes up with the crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've had a conversation around the end of the business and what that might look like and, and how it is that you've managed those different personalities along the way. Let's flip it right back to the very start. And thing that I the thing that I've always noticed with businesses over the years is that there's appears to be a distinct difference that appears between a business partnership of family members as opposed to a business partnership of non-family members. And the distinct difference is usually the formality of structures and agreements. So when it comes to formal structures and agreements, and what I'm talking about here are things like do you have agreements in place around the hours that you're expected to put in, the salaries that you're working, or are these kind of flexible and and things that you've just kind of built on over time? We we have built on them over time, and we don't have um, a lot of like formal black and white um, agreements as such that says Tegan, you must work X amount of hours, and Erin work you know X amount. We don't have that in place, but we do have some other things in place of um, you know. Who, who's responsible for what? So it's very clear, you know, Tegan, you're responsible for this business and these aspects um, and, and so on. So with, with regards to, say, work hours, and again, I keep coming back to our values and, again, possibly is because we are sisters and we are family, we are very aligned. So my work ethic is very similar to Erin's work ethic. So And we have an understanding, like, in our business, so our main business where we are, we are working on roads with live traffic in a high-risk environment so we are in a environment where we are well aware of our duty of care as a business owner and what we need to do to protect our workers so if we have to work an extra whatever it may be hour to 10 to 2 a.m in the morning whatever it may be it has to be done so there's no there's never not once has there ever been a situation where I've had to say to Erin hey, pull your socks up because you haven't done, you know, whatever tasks. Never has it entered our business um, relationship. Yeah, and it does make a difference. It's about that trust. It's about knowing and and having an ability to be able to, so thinking more from an employee perspective. So we have uh, over the years had lots of um, employees and our motto is, generally most of the time if it suits the position is you can work whatever hours you want to work we don't really care just get the work done and just do it really well so you know work your your uh, day around your own lifestyle if you need to start early and finish early because that's what works best with your lifestyle then just do that and yes as an accounting business we would always we track time it's just part of that industry Um, but we don't use that time necessarily to, you know, wrap people over the knuckles and say, well, you weren't here for X amount of hours exactly. You know, it's more about the result that they're getting yeah, at um, the end of the day. And I guess that's what you and Erin are doing is looking at the result and the um, the contribution that you're both making to the business and assessing it in that way. Yeah, it's about outcomes. You know, are you getting what the outcome we need from whatever um, what we're working at the time? So I don't care if Erin takes two hours to do it or two days to do it. I care that we achieve that outcome in that deadline or whatever we need to work towards. So for us, we, we have very different work hours and work days. So in my case, my typical days are Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and I will work school hours. Whereas um, in Erin's situation, she works um, different as well because her partner does shift work and her children are a little bit older. 
So um, her hours, she one day might, she might start at 7 a.m., whereas the next day she might start at 10 a.m. Hers is yeah. a little bit um, wishy-washy because of her partner's roster. Her and, yeah, and her lifestyle. So she might be at the gym in the morning and start later that morning or gym in the afternoon and or, or picking up the kids for um, gymnastics or whatever it be. We, we are very lucky to have built our business um, to where it is today, to be having the lifestyle that we have today. We have flexibility and that's one of the reasons we are a business owner because we wanted to have the flexibility as working parents to choose mm. when we go to work and I can choose to go to my child's assembly when I choose to because I've got yeah, a wonderful perfect. team who um, run my business so you mentioned that you don't care what hours Erin works really as long as she achieves the outcomes and, and I'm sure Erin would say the same about you. What happens if those outcomes are not achieved? Like have you ever had to have those difficult conversations, whether they're financial conversations or difficult conversations around, look, why haven't you done this yet? Why, has, why haven't we achieved X yet? Have you ever had to have those sort of conversations? Um. Nothing that really comes to mind. There has been occasions where we've, we were working on something and maybe I haven't done something and it's not because I haven't intended to do it. It's purely because I've had other priorities come up and it's had to just sort of be pushed to the side. So I'm just maybe behind in it. There's never ever been an occasion where it's been, you know, like not aggressive, that's the wrong word, where, you know, there's been confrontation about it. It's just been a case of, well, where are you at with it? What help do you need? It's always been a positive um, outcome, like a positive situation. Yeah, as in, we're, we're a team. There's just no point, um, you know, why haven't you done it? Please explain. It's not going to achieve anything. It's always been, okay, exactly this, right. this hasn't been done. Okay, we're behind. It's due tomorrow afternoon. It has to be submitted, whatever it is. Um, okay, how, what's our plan of what we're going to be able to do to achieve that? Okay, you, you're behind. Can we allocate some more resources? Can I take something off your plate? Can that other priority be moved? I, I, I never have, now that you say it, I think that's possibly, a, a, again, why we work so well together is because we work as a team. It sounds so um, cliche, but um, that's ultimately what we do. We've, I've got her back. She's got my back. Yeah. And it, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig running a business with a partner, but throw in the whole family thing there, then it just changes the dynamics of everything, including your life outside of business. So how do you go with that? With If you're at a family do and you're sitting around the barbecue, is there like a, a do you draw a line in the sand and say, well, we don't talk business when we're outside of the office or or are you quite open with your business and your families and you will kind of discuss it together how do you how do you handle that that is a tricky one um we I forgot to actually mention to you you may not actually know this one of our um, we have another family member in the business who's actually our mum so our mum works in the business as well so she's um an employee uh, so it's Erin and I who are the business partners who own the businesses, but she's worked in the business for several years now. So that's another element that people often ask, oh, my God, how do you make that work? But when we, I mean, we generally have a, a very loose rule of, you know, no work talk, you know, if we're at functions and stuff like that. But it's not a, a concrete rule because we, many people try and use the word balance of, you know, you should have a balance of, you know, work X amount of hours and have X amount of um, time off. I don't actually believe in the word balance because to me that represents equal I think it should be alignment of um, 
what does if your, if your life needs something more from you and you can't allocate as many hours to the business for whatever reason maybe there's a personal issue going on so be it that's what you your your life needs more hours at home with your family and there might be other situations where your business is there's something significant going on in your business that needs more hours as well so there are times where that yeah, will be I love a, that I couldn't yeah, agree more a bit mm. of a seesaw happening and so when we are at home or maybe we go to events and stuff like that we we don't talk shop constantly but we do still talk if we if we see something or get an idea we will we will share it on the spot I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say sit there and wait till the next the next yeah next meeting or something yeah so it's um it's a yeah it's just something that we are mindful of like if we go on holidays together we will genuinely go on holidays and 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 have the downtime which is needed so yeah it's just and but that's that's learning that we never were like that years ago so again we've invested in ourselves to become better people and and better business owners and we've gained that skill of um, understanding that you need to have holidays, you need to switch off because you actually become a better person and you come back to the work as, um, as you know, better ideas, better, more energy for your team by having a holiday. Many people just put their head down, bum up and keep working. Whereas, Oh, no, I'm with you. Yeah. We work to holiday. <laughs> you know, that's, that's our thing. We love our businesses. We love what we do, but we... The holidays are what really drives it for us. I know my husband actually has around his office, uh, he has photographs of all of the different places we've been around the world. And it's just like, you know, when things get a little bit tough and you get a little bit, you know, overworked because it does happen, you know, you, you have those weeks or months or whatever it might be where you are just so busy, you know, you can look up and you look around and go, okay, that's why I'm doing this yeah. so that, you know, we can take the family on the holidays or we can go and do and experience the things that we want to do. And it it's 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 such an important thing to be able to, yeah, have get what it is that you need out of your business and not have your business take over for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been in business nearly 15 years now, coming up to sort of that 15-year mark. And it's only been, believe it or not, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I actually did a uh, vision board never done one previously I had had attempted to many years ago but I've, I've just done one at sitting behind me in my office and on that vision board is probably about 30 or 40 um, images of things that mean uh, that are important to me so in the middle I've got a, a picture of my my partner and my daughter and around that are things that uh, I want to strive towards to complete in my life so whether that be going on a holiday um, whether that be you know one of them is going on a yoga retreat one's going on a horse trek horse riding trek in the, in the Kimberleys, mm. all those experiences that I want to have in my um, the next few years, I've got that on that board. And I had a tricky situation happen last week and because it's in front of me, I then got off that phone call and I, I'll quickly, um, quickly reset because I'm staring at this picture in front of me of all these wonderful things and it reminds me of, hey, I'm, I am doing these hard yards because I'm working towards those, yeah. uh, those, those things that I do want in my, in my life for my family. Yeah, it's really important to keep that at the front of your mind. You know, it does slip away from time to time, but if you can bring it back when you need to, it's so helpful. One last question for you, Tegan. Go for it. How on earth do two girls and their mum get involved in such a male-dominated business? Where did this start? I'm really intrigued. I I wish I had a dollar for every time I was asked that question because I probably could have retired by now. Um, (laughs) The honest answer, and I'll keep this 
um, as short as possible is it actually started from a drunken Christmas party that Erin attended. Oh, so, like all good like things. All good and things. it was Erin. It was Erin. I, I do blame her. So that's actually Erin was working at the time for a, a business. She was young at the time and she went to a Christmas party and her boss at the time actually suggested, hey, look, if you want to get ahead in life, you need to start your business. You need to be a business owner. That's the way to go. Erin had never even thought about it. Anyway, long story short, um, he actually said, look, I'm, I'm going to give you some money. Go and start your business. Just pick something that suits. And um, at the time, Erin actually was working for um, a drainage company and, and handling the traffic management. So she had um, experience in the area mm. and um, she chose that. She got more uh, training and qualifications behind her, started the business um, by herself, uh, went into the consulting, did that for about 12 months. Um, meanwhile, I, my background is actually uh, hospitality events. And I was actually up north at the time working on a cattle station and uh, there was, it was actually a construction site at the time. And um, she rang me and said, look, hey, I'm that busy. I need you to come home and, and work for me in, in the business. And I said, no, 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 I'm having a grand old time where I am. And um, long story short, I flew back and um, started working and joined as a business partner. And that was, yeah, like I said, nearly 15 years ago. And we were working from the garage. And um, yeah, we did, we, did, we did fall into it, I guess. But um, we came into it at a time where our industry was lacking in some areas. It was lacking professionalism. And um, I think that's what we've brought to the industry. And um, being female, we're very particular, very attention to detail of how we do things. Customer service is obviously a, a priority for us. And I think that's why our business grew so quickly in that first sort of um, five years. Um, but in saying all that, being in a male-dominant industry, that in itself is probably a podcast for another day of the challenges that we've had to overcome to get where we are. It has been very difficult. It is easier nowadays, but at the start, it's, it was very, um, very challenging. Yeah, that's such a great story. I actually really love it. I think it's a great way for you to, you know, it's something that you're going to look back on for a really long time and, yep. Every time something goes wrong, you'll be able to say, Erin, you got me into this mess. Now get me out of it. <laughs> exactly that. And we often actually say, look, if we can, because Erin and I went in the early days of the business, we actually worked on the road ourselves. So this is, you know, 10 plus years ago. So if we can shut down a freeway and switch traffic uh, and do that, we can do anything. Yeah, so absolutely. About well, congratulations. This is like, I love it. I've had a really good conversation with you. I think I could just keep talking seriously for another hour. You've got so much wisdom to share. And I don't know, maybe I'll need to get you back on another podcast another day on a different topic or something like that. But this has, yeah, been great. Thank you so much for coming on the on the podcast. Where can people find you if they're interested in sort of what you're doing? And I know you're on LinkedIn. Is there, a, is there an ideal place that people can uh, look out for you? Yeah, I'd love to connect with others um, who have resonated with our, uh, the podcast today or maybe in a, a similar industry or maybe a similar cir a circumstance. And um, the best place is probably LinkedIn. Look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Tegan Studza, and um, I'd be happy to, to connect or talk further with others. Well, Tegan Studza, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and your sister and, yeah, seeing how things pan out for you guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Jen. Wherever you might be listening in the world, thank you so much for joining us and we will talk again soon. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. 
If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.